Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, well, apparently rust wasn't the whole problem. Russell Westbrook was considered doubtful heading into last night's game against the Denver Nuggets. He wound up not playing. He was there in Denver, though, um, and watched the Lakers lose to the Denver Nuggets 110-99. to uh, it, They made a bit of a charge there during garbage time, but in the second half it wasn't particularly uh, competitive. The Lakers were outscored 26-22 in the first. They did come back and outscore Denver 32-28 in the second to tie it heading into uh, the second half and then got outscored uh, 32-17 in the third and Denver never really looked back from that point forward. Um, look, I I have been on the record here saying that I never thought that Russ was the only problem with the basketball here. I thought we saw some foundational issues continue through uh, last night's game. But if if you're sitting there and you're hoping for some like not light at the end of the tunnel here, I guess we just have to continue to wait until Thanksgiving, maybe? God, this is depressing. Of note coming out of this one, I think the top story coming out of this one is Anthony Davis is back. Uh, didn't look great for large chunks of this game. He was grabbing at it, I thought. He... He didn't look as explosive as he's looked to begin this season. And, you know, it's fair to wonder here whether the insane amount of of responsibility he has, especially on defense, is starting to catch up with him. Uh, he has been playing all of his min- minutes at center. That's something that he hasn't been interested in doing because of injury concerns. And... As he has played all of those minutes at center, not just playing all those minutes at center, but he's playing all those minutes at center at usually in in uh, small lineups for the most part, which means he's doing a lot, uh, both in terms of re- uh, protecting the rim and getting out and, and uh, contesting and then contesting at the rim. He's doing a ton defensively, and he was already kind of gimpy in preseason. He missed a couple preseason games because of that back. And then now I thought last night looked the worst that he's looked to this point in the season. And, you know, this kind of goes back to one of the points that I've made in uh, in, in regards to Rob Polinka's interest in waiting until November to make a decision on, on this roster uh, or make a trade to <laughs> rescue this roster. But the Lakers... Uh, are are it's not a good team. This is this is an imbalanced roster. There are too many guards. There aren't enough wings. Damian Jones has been bad. Thomas Bryant is obviously hurt. Wendy Gabriel can't get off of the bench. So it's a really small team, and that's putting all of the interior defensive responsibilities on Anthony Davis. And I don't care if he you know there there are almost no players who could carry this kind of load from start to finish of a season. And if, you know, it, it, it almost feels like a cop-out from from Rob when he's essentially saying, well, we want to see how healthy LeBron and AD are uh, before we make a trade. We want, to, we want to make sure that when the Lakers make a trade that they are doing so um, and gambling on a LeBron and Anthony Davis that can actually stay healthy uh, from start to finish. If 
if it gets held against Anthony Davis that he can't stay healthy while he's trying to keep this defense afloat. And by the way, they aren't just keeping it afloat. They've been good defensively and it's all been Anthony Davis. Um, if, if it's held against Anthony Davis that he hasn't been able to stay healthy while he keeps this defense afloat, then that is quite the cop out from Rob. And, and we've seen some incredible cop outs from Rob, uh, some insane excuses not to do his job. This would be this would be far and away the greatest example of Rob using his own poor decisions as an excuse not to do the right thing for this team. The other part of this that I thought was pretty noteworthy was LeBron's body language out there is not great. And you know this was a this was a team wide thing. I don't think anybody was was all that enthused in this one, but I think that and and we've seen this while LeBron has been a Laker uh, that his his body language usually sets the tone for how the rest of the team is going to carry out the rest of the game. And he just he hasn't looked quite right, and he didn't look quite right last night shooting a two of eight from three point range. He's really struggled from out there and yet continued to hoist them, especially off of the dribble. Uh, that hasn't been great defensively. He, he missed quite a few uh, assignments and stuff. It was just, you know, he only shot two free throws in the game, which is, it, I, I thought the refereeing was pretty poor. But also, if, you, if LeBron is only shooting two free throws, that means he's not going out of his way to get to the rim. And uh, it, it really appeared to me, like I made, I made this uh, comparison in this post game spaces with Raj and Sabrina. And I, uh, it, by the way, if you're going to want to listen to that show, uh, Aaron was there and there were fireworks. So check that out. It's on this feed, but I, I made the uh, comparison to how depressing it is to buy food for my daughter and have her not eat it and reach the point where it's like, you know what? Screw you. Then I'm not going to order your own plate. You're going to eat the bread that they leave at the table and you're going to eat whatever uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use some of what I uh, ordered and I'm going to put it on on a separate plate for you and you're going to eat that. But I am not going to spend seven to twelve dollars on on somebody who isn't interested in eating it anytime I order her extra food. And and I thought LeBron had a lot of that same face where it's like, you know what? You keep missing all these damn threes. I'm not even going to like screw the offense. I'm just going to run what I know I can run and get decent looks at either for myself or for AD. And for all of you assholes out there who continue to clank every wide open look I give you, bleep off. I'm going to go about this my way. And you know what? As somebody who clearly can can relate to, to that mentality, I respect it. Uh, but I thought LeBron's chemistry or LeBron's body language, honestly, for most of this year has been kind of weird. Uh, there was that one point in preseason where it really seemed to shift, and and it shifted so much that uh, Aaron and I actually talked about it on the hook a few weeks back, and, and, it, and it's starting to look like he looked last year, especially post-trade deadline, where he was like, ah, this is the roster? All right, well, I guess I'll just kind of get my points, stay healthy, and you know, maybe try to compete whenever Rob actually does his job. Speaking of Rob, 
Uh, I, poof, man, I got to be careful here because there are a lot of thoughts running through my mind about this dude, but there is no explanation that is viable that would make anybody feel better about Polinka getting an extension after last offseason. And you go from that offseason to this one, and this is now two straight years where a week or so into the season, you're starting to realize, holy crap, once again, the Lakers have failed to put a roster around LeBron James and Anthony Davis that can put themselves in positions to uh, compete for a championship, let alone win one. Uh, if 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 Jeannie, like I, I watched the Hulu documentary the other day or the other night, I finished it up. And one thing that I kind of walked away from it thinking and realizing was Jeannie obviously had really complicated relationships with both of her brothers, both uh, Johnny, the oldest, and obviously Jim, the person she fired um, en route to assuming the amount of responsibility that she has now. And one of the things that I walked away from that thing realizing is she fired Jim in part because the basketball was not great. It was like six or seven years of just kind of toiling in in irrelevance when it comes to a championship competition. Some of that had to do with, with Kobe's injuries. Some of that had to do with their uh, efforts to bottom out and get some high draft picks. And, and, you know, those draft picks wound up netting them Anthony Davis, but still you had, they had to go through a lot of losing to rack up enough high enough picks to put together the cash of, of, of assets that eventually led to bringing in Anthony Davis. Um, but again, there was a lot of bad basketball that, that the Lakers went through and trudged through to eventually land where they did when Jim Buss was eventually fired. But one thing that I can't kind of get out of my mind is for as much as she fired Jim Buss for, uh, the bad basketball and the tarnishing of, of her father's legacy. I think just as big a factor there was his lack of loyalty towards her where, you know, they, 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 they go into some pretty de- good detail here. Interesting detail. Um, as far as when Jim Buss chose Mike D'Antoni over Phil Jackson, uh, after firing Mike Brown and, you know, Jim Buss in in the documentary says that Phil Jackson only wanted to coach home games. Uh, Jeannie Buss calls that a lie straight up. Uh, but, you know, she says that that was a stab in the back from Jim. And that was notable to me, watching that take place over the course of the documentary. And you look at all of everybody who was closely involved with the Lakers now, and they are people who Jeannie considers loyal to her, right? Rob Polinka was Kobe's agent. Uh, Rob Polinka stuck around with the Lakers after Magic uh, unceremoniously resigned. Obviously, Phil Jackson gets to come and go as he pleases. Linda Rambis is her closest friend, and thus Kurt Rambis has his position within the Lakers. Tim Harris is one of uh, Jeannie Buss's closest friends dating back, you know, all kinds of years. So it's just, it's just person after person after person who 
may not have the best resume in terms of basketball, but do have great resumes when it comes to friendship to Jeannie Buss. And the people who have been shown the door uh, might have better resumes in terms of basketball, but didn't always show great loyalty to Jeannie. And and I thought, you know, it, a couple things were really telling here with, with Rob Polinka's extension. One, that the Lakers didn't announce it and that it was leaked. And when it was leaked and brought up to Jeannie Buss, she said they have to address the leaks, not the extension, but the leaks and make sure that they get a hold of that. And the other part of it that, that I found interesting here is, again, Rob Palenka is, is seen as incredibly loyal to Jeannie, um, but his actual basketball resume, what he knows about the game right now, is very much in question. And and I think if, if the Lakers are ever going to find success under Jeannie Buss, she's going to have to start to prioritize people who actually know stuff about basketball over people who have been loyal to her. And I get it. She has like one thing that the, the I think the thing that the Hulu documentary lays out in, in a very clear way is how, I guess, dysfunctional at times that that family dynamic was as Jeannie Buss was growing up and, and even into her adulthood. Uh, it really highlights how brutal that world can be. It highlighted the amount of misogyny that uh, Jeannie Buss had to overcome to reach the point that she is right now. Um, so like it, it does do a very good job of, of explaining kind of how Jeannie Buss, the person gets to where she is right now. And, and yet, you know, when it comes to what's best for an organization to run, the top priority has to be like, you know, Pat Riley says it all the time. Keep the main thing, the main thing. The top priority here has to be what's best for the organization. And and I think until that becomes the top priority and is clearly the top priority, I think the Lakers are going to be kind of rudderless. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. Make sure you guys tune in to the conversation that Harrison and I have tomorrow uh, where I bring up some of this stuff uh, to him. Uh, make sure you guys check out the post-game spaces that Raj and Sabrina hosted and that, unfortunately, uh, Aaron and I hijacked. I still think there was a really interesting and fun conversation, from a entertaining conversation from start to finish. A lot of fireworks there, so you're going to want to check that out. And then, if you like those fireworks, Aaron and I are going to be doing our show on Friday where a lot of the same talking points are going to be brought up. So, until then, and until the next time I talk to you guys, I'm Anthony Irwin. Thing. Have a good one.